this time on Holy Ghost Notes. This could very well be the last podcast episode. Where is God in all of this? Football is the devil! No one will ever know what that closet was. Blood all over the guitar. Suck it up. Hello and welcome to the Holy Ghost Notes podcast. My name is Mac Reiner and my co-host is Tim Anderson. Hey there. It is great to have you with us. I am currently on tour. Day off in Mississippi. Today was busy, but I had a few moments where I could just close my eyes outside in the 70 degree weather and escape tour, if you will. Mm. Now, if you've ever been on tour, you know what I mean. Um, it, it's a busy place uh, with a lot of excitement, some sensory overload. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, sensory overload. And, and so days off are really a good time to try to disconnect and just get away from yeah. all of that. And on a busy off day, you can still manage to get out of the, the routine of like, okay, I got to do this, then I got to do that, and I got to do this, and I got to do that. Right. And uh, that was nice today. Um, we are recording episode 95. We've done this before on tour. You should see me right now, Tim. I'm just <laughs> surrounded and covered and smothered in cables. Yeah. Uh, Quarter-inch <laughs> cables, USB cables, Thunderbolt cables, power cables, AirPods. Uh, it's amazing. You name yeah. it. Just <laughs> this hotel lobby is uh, is great for me, but I, I kind of feel bad for Marriott. Because <laughs> if you walk in as a guest, you're like, I love Marriott. They're so nice and organized and... What's Who's that guy, guy doing over there? It's <laughs> <laughs> fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's alright. You'll never see them again. <laughs> That's true. I think about that. I will never yeah. see that person again. <laughs> or, or maybe you will. Who knows? But yeah, exactly. <laughs> the chances are slim. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yeah. if you're if you're new to the podcast, um, I was actually explaining our podcast to the guitar tech for the Devil Wears Prada today at dinner. Okay. And um, fortunately, he got it pretty quickly. He's, he's like, what's the name of your podcast? I said, Holy Ghost Notes, and he kind of laughed. I was like, oh. <laughs> That's always nice when the implication yeah. is strong enough that you don't really have to elaborate. But um, mm -hmm. in any case, we talk about God and we talk about drums. If it's not God, it's deeper um, topics, more... more uh, I don't know, per, t topics that affect our everyday lives, which drumming yeah. does for me oftentimes, but um, in the past 94 episodes, we've talked about a lot of really important things in my life and yeah. your life, Tim, and mm -hmm. uh, it's been great. And then the drum topic becomes increasingly harder and harder to talk about because we've, we've done 94 <laughs> different, <laughs> think about yes. that, 94 different aspects of drumming it's wild so fortunately we have a 95th but i don't know beyond this how far we'll get yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll take it day by day yeah. <laughs> episode by episode <laughs> we so, usually are tim, coming up with the with the topics last minute so <laughs> yeah the, and tim you do a great job of that today well, i actually came up with these yes you did so uh our our topics today I thought about it, and actually the drum topic took me a while to get to, but um, the drum topic is how to keep drumming 
a constant, not a variable. Mm-hmm. And uh, the faith topic is read the Bible. So before it's we get into topic, the drum topic, <laughs> that's, that's, that's all we're going to say cool. about it is just, we're just going to tell you what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and if you ask and, why, then you're not a good Christian, right? <laughs> and, and, and we're basically telling ourselves is, is the whole point of this. <laughs> right. Much like I the rest both of, of our... these, both of these topics for me are absolutely for me. Yeah. I mean, I'm speaking to myself about everything here. It's, uh... I was like, what should we talk about tonight? Uh, let me think about Tim for a second. Uh, yeah, what does he need to, oh, yeah, what does he need to hear right now? <laughs> Tim's been sitting at his drum set recording podcasts for the last two years. <laughs> That's right. And has um, played drums for less than five minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. In two years. <laughs> and the funny thing is, we're going to talk about this, and... Uh, Surprise, surprise, this could very well be the last podcast episode recorded in this drum room with this drum set assembled. And my drum set might be disassembled for the next two to three months. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to say all this, and then it's going to be like, I'm knowing in the back of my head, you know, I might not get up back on this kit for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <So laughs> we need to hear what we have to say. That's, mm-hmm. that's been we need a, to hear it. That's right. That's been a constant on this mm-hmm. podcast. So, uh, a little bit about the tour. Um, tour's going well. We're celebrating 20 years as a band. It's been a lot of work. Basically, my my daily schedule is wake up around, wake up as late as I can, but it's usually been around nine. Mm. And I know that I have until about one o'clock. And around one o'clock, I have to start scouting out where I'm going to set up my teaching kit. I'll set it up, do sound check around 2, 2.30, meet my students around 3, teach till about 4, 4.15, pack it up, see my students out, start meet and greet at 5.05, finish meet and greet at 6 o'clock or 6.30, eat something and then start shifting gears into show mode. We start yeah. at 9.20 typically. These are all generally speaking the, the times. And um, we have an hour and 25 minute set. It's the longest show we've ever played. About 18 songs plus a solo, I believe, or 17 yeah. songs plus a solo. We have two different set wow. lists, um, so it's it's a lot to remember because you can't. I, I've actually been surprised how challenging it is to manage two different set lists because you can't really get into the flow. First couple songs matter a lot, and so you'll have set A and you start with a song, and then you go the next night into set B, and it's like, whoa, that's a lot faster, or this part's really hard. Yeah, and you can't really get yourself into the routine. I think it's good for me. It's good for us. It's fun for our fans, but it's just been something I've um, uh, had a hard time adjusting to. To be honest, it's mm. taken some time. Yeah. So really, after the show's over, you're you're, you're looking at 11:30 or so till you're out, and 11:45 till you're out, and yeah, it's like okay, rinse and repeat. Right. Um, I had a thumb injury on this tour. It concerned me the most on Saturday when an EMT told me I need stitches. Oh, jeez. I went to the urgent care. He's like, you don't need stitches. Stitches only apply if it happened within the last eight hours. This happened like four days ago. Hmm. So he cleaned it out, put Dermabond on it, wrapped it in a Band-Aid, the best Band-Aid I've ever used. It lasted for the entire heart support show, which was half the length of our normal show, but just like this Band-Aid was awesome. Gave me a bunch of extras. I used them all, and um, now my thumb's looking looks, significantly better. Yeah, it looks it's much just better. A small tear. Yeah, not bad. 
So that was yeah. a stick-related industry injury, I'm, I'm sure, right? Split open partially. while you were playing? Yeah, partially. Yeah, partially. Yeah. I developed a blister doing firewood at home on the farm. Uh, it was okay. cold, it was dry, and then I went right into rehearsals. Yeah. So it was like rehearse, 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 pre-pro, pre-pro, show. Yeah. The shows are long, the sound checks are pretty long, or the, at least they were in the beginning, and I just couldn't give it a break. So in Atlanta, yeah. it exploded, and uh, yeah. I was like, uh, I'm a little concerned about this, guys. <laughs> and yeah. it's funny, on the bus, like, when something affects the band, everyone is concerned about it, obviously, because it right. affects the band. And so it's like, yeah. Matt, how's your thumb? And you're like, oh, it's, yeah. it's getting better. Okay, good. You know, next morning. <laughs> Matt, how's your thumb? <laughs> yeah. Is it all right? Yeah, it's... <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's getting better. Well, you know it's to the point where it's not a concern anymore when, when people just don't ask. You're you know? right. <laughs> get done with the show, and it's like, that's fine. Yeah, It'll he's be good. All right. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> I've never actually had a major, like, hand injury while playing. Uh, I've mm-hmm. had, like, blisters, you know, and, and at times I think I bled a little bit. I've definitely had, like, some crazy welts in the thigh. That's always the worst. Mm. Like if you hit your leg by accident. Um, I have hit like my face and that's been pretty bad, but not like to the point of, you know, I couldn't play again the next day. Um, that does hurt. But as a guitarist, I actually, uh, there was a recurring like injury on my finger from my, my strumming hand and I hit mm-hmm. like the, the string the wrong way and split open my finger, blood all over the guitar, of course. Ugh. And then... I just kept reopening it every single time right. I'd play. Um, and that was probably the way. So I, I definitely, I feel your pain, especially when you have to just basically keep using that same thumb <laughs> night, yeah. night after night. Night after night. And never night. really gives it a chance to rest or anything. It's, yeah, it's tough. You're holding your thumb. You're holding your thumb. You're holding your drumstick like in between your right. your pointer and middle fingers. Yeah, I know. <laughs> or like upside down. And it changes everything. It's it's yeah. Oh my word. That's crazy. Yeah. So before we get into our topics today, um, we had a, uh, in my opinion, a great episode uh, last or a couple weeks ago, episode ninety four, and um, we talked about some uh, some deep things uh specifically the topic was on counseling um and uh and you know the stigma around going to therapy or asking for help so uh what we had done and matt you might not remember this but at the end of that episode we Mm -hmm. uh, kind of implored our listeners to uh share their thoughts and uh and we we mentioned how we would talk a little bit about it in the next episode uh which is this one uh, so I don't want to take up too much time doing this because I think we have two pretty solid topics and I want to make sure we give each of them justice. But um, I did want to take just a few minutes to share what um, some of you guys think about the topic. Nice. Um, from a couple I'm weeks to ago. hear this. So um, I think it was interesting seeing that the overall consensus, I think we both pled our cases fairly well. If you haven't mm-hmm. listened to the episode, Matt and I took different sides on it. Um, ultimately... We both uh, saw, eye to, saw eye to eye on the matter, but um, but there were two slightly different perspectives, which is always fun um, and different yeah. for this uh, podcast because mm-hmm. usually podcast. we 
seem to uh, agree uh, in most cases. We'll on the see how we today about. goes. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> but uh, um, I wanted to read some uh, some notes that we that uh, we got sent. We got sent a number of um, notes, um, but uh, I picked out uh, just a few that I wanted to to read. So. Um, I'm not going to name names. Everyone is going to be anonymous here. Um, but I did think there were some interesting points. And uh, so I'm going to share that with you guys now. Uh, so first note was from, from somebody, and this is what he said. I am in law enforcement and a couple years ago struggled mentally after investigating child sex crimes. I think when people experience any sort of trauma, it is okay to skip the figure it out on your own stage and proceed straight to professional help. Processing trauma is a very difficult thing and often requires the techniques and perspectives of a professional to overcome. For law enforcement Mm. in particular, historically speaking, is a profession that is notorious for the I am fine or I'm good mentality. When left to process things on our own, it can lead to familial issues or unhealthy coping, substance abuse, suicide, etc. Thankfully, this mindset is starting to change and therapy and peer support is becoming more common, um, uh, is, be- is becoming a more common uh, place. When I was going through my trauma healing, I tried to work it out on my own. However, my trauma was starting to impact my sleep, my mood, my outlook, etc. It was then that I realized I needed professional help. Thankfully, I saw a great therapist and one not so great therapist. (laughs) The great Mm. therapist was able to help me mitigate the trauma with the use of trauma processing technique called brain spotting. The other not so great therapist, uh, for reasons I will talk about below, helped me see God in trauma. He asked me to envision where God was while I was witnessing the trauma in front of me. I found this very helpful. After he asked me this, I reflected back and I started noticing that God was there in that moment. I just didn't see it at the time. It was then that I started to really get closer and feel the Holy Spirit. Outside of processing some sort of trauma, I think it is important that people be reflective and try to process hardships in their life and not just immediately jump to therapy. Trust your friends and family, talk to them, get their perspective. However, if the person feels like they're not getting anywhere or feel hopeless, it is time to talk to a professional. When Matt talked about therapists saying stupid things, I definitely related. Therapists have a lot of power in what they say, especially when people are feeling low. When I was feeling low, I had a therapist, the not so great one I referred to earlier, say something to me that was not helpful, but rather destructive. I know in my heart he was coming from a good place, but what he, was, what he said was not helpful at all. And it has taken me a long time to get over that comment. What was helpful for me was having another therapist have me reflect on all the reasons that comment is false. Life can throw so many challenges at us, sometimes all at once. I'm a big advocate for people seeking help. Life is too short to feel miserable or be feeling down. Sometimes we just need a couple hands to get us back on our feet, one from God and one from a therapist. I've recently come to believe that we have a primary care physician that we should see annually to make sure our body is healthy. Why don't more people have a primary care therapist making sure that the thing between our ears is healthy? We owe Mm. it to our friends, our family, our spouses. I think in my experience, it's okay to not be okay, but, oh, sorry, this is a different comment. (laughs) We owe it to our friends, our family, and our spouses. That was the end of that. Um, So Mm. I thought this was a really interesting perspective. 
Um, And I feel like he did a really good job of kind of um, navigating both of our perspectives, which I think is ultimately the conclusion that we came to at the end of the episode. But um, thank you for sending that in. Really good outlook, really good perspective. And um, yeah, can I share something on that? Yeah, absolutely. So he's he that person is a very good writer um, and spent some serious time figuring all this out. It what they said when they talked about the therapist asking them to envision God, where is God in all of this? It made me immediately think of a movie that I love that I haven't thought about in a little while. It was originally, the movie was originally called Shooting Dogs. And the movie that was... That would be enough for me not to watch it. <laughs> I know. The movie name was changed because it's so What's graphic. It? Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's about, from what I remember, the genocide in Rwanda. Mm. And uh, But Oof. it tells the story a little differently about a priest who was there on site and he was helping to manage kids at an orphanage in the middle Mm -hmm. of all this. It was kind of a gated orphanage. Keep the kids safe, keep destruction out. There was a, so this man was fairly old. There was a young man who was a school teacher who was there helping the priest. And all throughout the movie, you see this young man struggle Hmm. with reconciling the fact that this man is a Christian who believes in God and yet is is witnessing all this destruction all around him. And you you see this tension building and building and building. School teachers like, how can this be be the case that this guy believes in a God when he's seen all of this? And Hmm. the priest is just so constant in his perspective. And um, without giving too much away, I'm not actually sure of the name of the movie now. It was originally called Shooting Dogs, like I said. It's, it's not a very big movie. But the message at the end was, was really summed up in this one scene. And the scene was, um, time is of the essence. The gate's being broken down, and they got to get out of there. And there's only room uh, for one person on this truck. So the military comes in, they're like, we gotta get people out of here. Quick, let's go. Mm. Um, and <clears throat> so the school teacher's on and there's, there's the, the, I think there's one seat left and he, he says, you know, you gotta come, priest. Like, we gotta go, we gotta get out of here. And he said, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying right here. The school teacher's like, all right, I have nothing left. I have no patience for this anymore. You kind of see it kind of welling up in him, and he goes, where is God in all of this? Where is God in all of this suffering, in all of this pain? Tell me. You have to tell me. And the priest is in the middle of this circle of kids, just surrounded by them. And he looks at the school teacher, and he says, where is God in all of this suffering? He's right here. Suffering with these kids. And I'm afraid that if I leave, I will never feel his spirit like I do right here, right now. I'm not going anywhere. Hmm. And you see the school teacher, this, this look comes over him. This expression of, like, of understanding. He, he gets it. He sees that... You know, God is close to the brokenhearted. 
Oh, it's 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 in the most brutal, challenging, terrible times that oftentimes we see God the strongest. And this man, of course, knew that, you know, and he obviously knew that the Holy Spirit was there with him, even though there's not a whole lot of sense to be made out of this. Yeah. That really stuck with me. So when you were telling this synopsis of uh, our last conversation, it just reminded me of that when he said, "Yeah, you know, his therapist, his therapist sounds like he's, he did a great job yeah. and had great advice. I think that's probably the cons- consensus I would come to as well It's like, in hard times it's usually difficult for me to see God at, mm-hmm. in the moment you know but then looking back I see how it was part of a bigger plan I see how mm-hmm. it's affected me in, in positive ways I, you know I I see I guess there's that that cheesy um, picture of like the footsteps on the beach you know oh, yeah. like this mm-hmm. is where I carried you, you know, <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's yeah. a cliche, <laughs> you know, it's cliche imagery, but at the same time it holds truth in, in that it's, you know, um, if you, if you really look at the, the tough times that you've been through, you can see where God was with you and hmm. how God was at work, you know, um, sometimes it's hard to see it in the moment, but, um, that's sometimes the thing that yeah. I have to hold on to in those hard times. It's just knowing that every other hard time I've been through, God was there with me, whether I realized it or not. And that there's yeah. a good chance that even if I don't recognize it here and now, that he's here with me and he's, you know, and this is going to become a positive thing. Um, yeah. So That's great. Yeah. Awesome. So I'm going to read one next, more uh, and then we can move yeah, on. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm going to read two more. Uh, so, so this one um, I liked as well, wanted to include it. Um, I agree with both statements. I tend to slightly lean more on the side of Matt here because I really think this society has become super soft. On the other side, for the people really struggling, talking to somebody is a great way to help get through tough situations. But it's almost like there's levels of help depending on the situation. I wouldn't talk to my younger sister about a psychological breakdown I'm going through, and I wouldn't talk Mm. to a psychologist about my girlfriend breaking up with me. I think people in general just need to look at the situation they're in and really ask themselves if it's something they can possibly get through or not. I'm always the type to take a swing at a bad situation, and if it's just too much, then I'll go for help. James says, count it all as joy, my brothers, mm-hmm. when you meet trials of various, various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. In regards to confession, as Tim brought up, I think confessing any type of issues is healthy, as long as we're looking for guidance and not forgiveness. My issue with the Catholic Church is that you go to confession where a priest then forgives you of your sins. Scripture tells us we are to confess sins to Christ as only he can forgive. Mm -hmm. I've had situations where I have had problems, either self-inflicted or not, and have gone to a pastor for guidance on it, really helped me and I was able to get back on track in that tough situation I love that perspective Um, again (laughs) really kind of doesn't offend either perspective Um, I think you kind of did a really good job of like seeing both sides of it Um, and I think that was kind of the general consensus as I said from every uh, piece of feedback that we got was that both sides are important and you can't really have one or the other Um, and I agree with Mm -hmm. that Um, 
And I think it's funny that you brought up James because James is actually the one who, I, I think it's James, it talks about confessing your sins to one another. <laughs> so uh, kind of cool how that, uh, that kind of worked. But um, yeah, I think uh, this, I agree with this. Um, I, I think uh, that it's important to uh, try to assess whether you need help. I think we talked about the type of person who might go to people and be a burden not know when to stop or whether it's or you know whether you should be sharing these things with this person as opposed to mm. your therapist <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but sometimes you don't have that gauge you know sometimes mm-hmm. you're you're not really sure if you can handle it or not and sometimes it actually gets to the point where uh, you should have asked for help a long time ago <laughs> and you were just refusing not to because mm. you didn't realize that you couldn't actually handle it you were you know, confident. I think that's kind of what the first, uh, you know, the, um, the first text that we read was kind of around that is like, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's important to, <laughs> to know when and when not to, because, you know, sometimes you think that you're okay and you're willing to kind of maintain that. But at the same time, it's just because you're, you know, too stubborn to realize that you're not okay and that you do need the help. So, I and think, with that being think, said, yeah, go ahead. I think also with that, Tim, I think we could do another episode on this. <laughs> Easily. <laughs> because Easily. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's something I didn't factor into it. Um, now that I'm hearing commentary <laughs> back, it's really helpful. Uh, something happened recently where had, had, had this person not reached out to someone, not just anyone, but... Someone, Someone. Yeah. doesn't have to be a certified counselor. There would have been resentment mm. and bitterness. So I think if we did another episode on this, we would talk about what is the alternative. Mm. Hold it in, work it on, you know, work on it in your own time. Um, figure it out, suck it up. Like we should walk through some of those because I think the outcome of some of them are um, not so great. And then I think... In other cases, it's it's actually really good. It's really mm. important to do that. But yeah, it, it it depends on what it gets you in the end. Yeah, and in some cases, I can see how it could yield bitterness, resentment, hurt, blame, guilt, shame. You know, all these things that obviously don't help you flourish in life. They hold you back. Yeah, that's right. And I think with with that being said, um, a really good. Uh, Synopsis or way to finish this out was actually a another uh, shorter uh, sentence that someone had sent me, and and uh, and it's this. I think in my experience, it's okay not to be okay, but do it on your own time. Hmm. I think it's uh, I think it's important to understand that we and we've talked about this before. Um, it's it's important for us to process things in our own way. Mm-hmm. And, and do it in the time that we need. Um, we all are different people. We've all been through different experiences. Um, and we all have different needs. And if we don't recognize that, we're just going to think that because this person's over it, because this person's okay, because this person's strong enough or seemingly strong enough to get through this thing, you know, maybe I should be be have processed this already maybe i should have been able to get through it easily like that's not the case it doesn't mm. <laughs> like it doesn't make you weaker 
-hmm. It just makes you different. And um, being different is okay. I think Mm -hmm. it's okay to not be okay sometimes. I think we are going, we're we're not always going to be okay. And Mm -hmm. that's okay. (laughs) That's part of life. Um, Mm -hmm. There's no perfect answer to everything that we've talked about. There's no like, okay, well, now is the time. Let's pinpoint the time when you need to go to therapy or when you Mm -hmm. need to stop talking to this other person and go to go seek professional help. There's no easy answer to this. There's no, you know, it's, you have to be able to assess yourself and, and know what you need, which Mm -hmm. is not the easiest thing. In fact, it's quite hard, (laughs) quite difficult. It's good. (laughs) So, all right, let's move on. Drum topic. That could have been a topic in and of itself, but drum topic, how to keep drumming a constant and not a variable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to hear what you have to so, say about this first. Okay, so I think actually let's start with um, the way to talk about this topic. I think is to talk about what's real life for people that aren't touring musicians who have a okay. paid incentive to play drums. Yeah. So in your case, you play drums because it's fun and literally for no other reason. Other than okay, there's there's one caveat which is you're playing for church, so yeah. there's a little bit of a pressure cooker. But um, talk about the obligation or expectation to play drums, and what has your experience been like trying to keep it a constant, but finding that it's a variable, and is that is that something that you're okay with? Or are you frustrated more times than not that it's it's not a constant and yeah. you're not sure how to get it there or you're okay with it just being a variable? Yeah. Uh, well, this is one of those questions where, depending on the day you ask me, I might have a different answer. Um, but <laughs> I think um, what I've come to realize with drumming specifically in my life is that drumming isn't going anywhere. And in that way, it is a constant and will always be a constant. Uh, I've realized that just just because I haven't played drums this week or this month doesn't mean that I'm not a drummer. Doesn't mean Mm. that I can't pick up where I left off. Uh, It doesn't mean that I don't enjoy it. Doesn't mean that I don't wish that I was playing. Um, For a very long time, that was extremely difficult for me. Um, and you know what, I guess what I've been going through in my head more recently is that when I was, uh, I was living in a smaller apartment when I first got married, I didn't have access to a kit and I found the time to make drumming happen. Uh, whether it was having my kit set up at my parents or going to my parents, setting up my kit, playing for a couple hours and then packing it up and leaving, going back to my apartment, or getting the keys to the church, going when no one was there, scheduling a time in, going and playing, or waking up super early so that I knew no one was going to be at the church so that I could play drums Mm. for an hour or two. Like, it was, (laughs) there was more of this, like, passion. And now I'm realizing it's the opposite. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. have the time. There's Mm -hmm. no way for me to do that. Even if I wanted to wake up earlier, I, in most cases, am responsible for my kids. I can't just Mm -hmm. leave them. And I can't, and I have a drum set downstairs mm-hmm. even. I just have to walk downstairs, but I can't play drums that early because the kids are sleeping. So there's just, yeah. it, it's a different stage in life. And at every single stage, there are different obstacles. And I'm just realizing that I can't base my passion for drums 
off of these things all the time. For, for a really long time, I held myself to like the idea that if I really want to do this, I will make it happen. And to mm-hmm. an extent, that's true. Yes. But uh, on the other side, it's like, um, I think it's in some ways an identity shift, you know? For, for the longest time I was, I was, I was just a drummer. Mm-hmm. That was my identity. You know, I was a musician. I was, it was my life's dream. It was what I wanted to put everything into. And I, and I was, it, I was tied to the idea of like the ones who want it the most get it. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I still believe is true in some ways. I do believe there's other factors, <laughs> but I do believe it's true in some ways. You have to put the work in. But I've also realized that um, as I get older and as priorities shift, there are other parts of my identity that I value um, and that take precedence in some mm-hmm. ways. Um, so as someone who's not a career drummer, um, I can't say that getting on the kit and playing drums is going to support my family, which is my other identity, uh, a father and a husband. And, and that is extremely important to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so it's It makes just, me think of career politician when you say career drummer. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I like that term. <laughs> it's like, and, and so just because I'm not a career drummer doesn't make me not a drummer. So I, I think it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to get too hard on myself. It really is what, you know, I, I want to be able to, to say like, yeah, I'm still extremely passionate about the drums, almost more now than I ever was before, you know? And in some ways, this podcast has kind of taken the place of actually playing on a kit in some ways because I get to talk about it. I get to, mm. you know, analyze it. I get to realize how, uh, how big it is and how much I still don't know, how much I still have mm. to learn, you know? And... So like, it's, it's always going to be here and that's part of what I love about it. You know, it's, it is drumming is the constant being Mm. a drummer. I can't help that drumming is a constant. I don't, I don't, I don't know if that answers your question. That's the best way I know how to put it, but I think you're the perfect person to talk to about this because you, (laughs) you have a life that's pulling you in five different directions. Yeah. And what I hear when you talk about this is that the thing that would pull you back to drumming would have to be worth as much or more than your job and the priorities in your life, like your family. Yeah. Well, drumming's not gonna be that for you because it's not your primary income and you're not being compensated for it. There are certain pressure cookers like playing for church so there's mm-hmm. an obligation there. But yeah. think about like saying to your wife, hey, I got to go practice for two hours. She's going to be like, huh? You got to <laughs> yeah. do this, this, and this. You're like, yeah, but I have to get the set down for Sunday morning for church because um, I'm on the worship team. Then, okay, there's a permission a slip, right? Mm-hmm. But otherwise, think about how asinine it would be for someone to say, I'm going to go do something that they really don't have to do. Yeah. It's like someone saying, I'm going to go skiing on Saturday when there's already an obligation to like be at an important meeting all day and they're going to skip out on that to go do this other thing that seems leisurely. Mm -hmm. There has to be, so in other words, there would have to be 
if you can picture skipping school as a high schooler, you need some sort of permission slip or, or excuse that you're not there. It has to be signed off on by mm-hmm. somebody in a place of authority. If you don't have that reason, then um, you're shirking responsibilities, which I would argue is, is not something you should be doing in the first place. Mm. So you have to find a way for there to be time to do this thing that requires a lot of time and yet it has and all in a lot of cases you finish playing drums you're like what did I even do was that worth it I just played for an hour it was fun but yeah. was it productive right but Tim on the other hand look back 10 years ago like you were saying when you didn't have as much on your plate mm-hmm. yeah it was like oh my gosh I would kill to have a drum set in my house <laughs> right yeah, exactly. It's funny. It's funny how, how life does this. <laughs> but, you yeah. know, someone said something to me, because, I, I, you know, I feel like sometimes I take this in kind of a discouraging direction, and that's not what I want to do at all, because I'm very encouraged. And, in fact, I had this conversation with my wife today because we're selling our house, and I was talking about how I need to start prepping my studio space and turn it back into a closet. <laughs> so packing, packing my drums up, pulling all my, my soundproofing down and you know. That closet, no one will ever know what that closet no, was. No one will never when know. When it's made into a closet again. I know, it's crazy, it's crazy. And she was like, you know what, why don't you wait? Like play drums a little bit more. Like wait until you absolutely have to do that. And I was like, right now, there are so many things that we have to do. We have to pack, we have to, you know, work on the new place. There's all these different responsibilities. The last thing I can do in good conscience is play, is drums. play drums. Exactly. And the only reason I would do it is because I love it, which should be a good enough reason. Yeah. Um, and it's really just myself that's like, I'm just, I'm trying to think realistically. And I, and I know in my heart that if I sit down on this kit and play for two hours, it is going to make it even harder to pack it all up, mm-hmm. to pull all this down, and to not play for the next few months. Hmm. So I'm actually doing myself a disservice in some ways, uh, just because I know myself <laughs> and I know, I know what it's drumming means to out. me. And, and but the thing that's really kept my head, kept my perspective, is um, talking to people who are a little bit further along in life that have shared this scenario. Uh, young kids and lots of responsibilities and you know we have to look at it as a season and that's mm-hmm. exactly how it was it was described exactly. to me it's just, you're in a season right now and I know exactly mm-hmm. where you're, you, you are and I can't blame you uh, mm-hmm. but someday and it's much sooner than you think mm-hmm. you will have that time mm-hmm. it will be given back to you and you are going to love it mm-hmm and as much as I don't want to rush through life, that's not my goal in any ways. Uh, but I am, I am looking forward to that time and I'm holding on to this idea of there will be a new season at some mm-hmm. point. And uh, drumming, this thing that has been constant for me, even when I wasn't sitting at the kit playing, uh, will still be here when I'm ready for it. And it's uh, very well put. And that's, that's yeah, that's what I'm holding on to, man. That is a perfect segue. Life is full of seasons. If there's one thing I know about drumming, it's that I've been doing this for 20 years. 
And I try to think of an alternative universe where the band didn't make it past year five. So the year's 2008, August Burns Red, something, something just didn't work out. It's over. Would I still be playing drums 2009, 2010, 2015, 2020? Mm-hmm. And I thought about this a lot, actually. Because it's, it's interesting to think about if my love for drumming has kept me consistently on the kit or if it's the responsibility of rising to the challenge and doing my job well that has kept me attached to the kit. And I think what you said about seasons is exactly right. This is a season of my life where the skillet is hot and we are a band that has been so fortunate to be successful for so long. It is an anomaly, Mm. but we all would be ridiculous to think it'll last forever, but it's really good right now. And it's been really good for the last year, five years, 10 years, Mm -hmm. 15 years. Who knows? Who knows what it's going to be like when I'm 50? Yeah. You know, that'll be a completely different season of my life. So what does it look like to be constant in drumming? I don't think it means uh, that it's something you can easily quantify as like it's this many, you know, this many hours a week or um, playing with other musicians or being in a band or it's obviously none of that because you take that stuff away. You could still be constant. You could be playing every once in a while. You could be thinking about drums. You can Mm -hmm. still have a love for it. You just can't get to it. Right. So what is it then if it's not just a variable? Well, I don't know what it's like to be in your shoes and have a couple kids and um, have a full-time job that's not the music industry, but I imagine it, and I, I think to myself, there's a drum set somewhere in my house, and there's the thought in my head that, boy, it would be nice to be playing drums. And a day goes by and it didn't happen. And a week goes by and it didn't happen. And a month ago and a month goes by and it didn't happen. And I'm constantly checking to see are my priorities in order? Okay, they are great. Good. Yeah. Drum set in the house, thought is in my head, priorities are in order. I would argue that's a, still a consistent um passion, a consistent uh, hobby, Mm -hmm. or just call it, I'm still a drummer, even though I haven't played in a while. Yeah. And I I can easily envision myself doing that because as I look back, like I said in the beginning of this, if the band wasn't there, I don't know that I'd be playing very often because I'm the kind of person that when I see priorities in my life, I go, I go all in on the priorities and a lot of other things fall down and I, it's not that I'm not thinking about them or that they're not important to me. It's just, no, no, no. These other things are the most important and I'm not going to neglect them. Mm. And so I imagine a time in the future when drumming might not be my primary income and it might not be my number three priority, four priority, five priority, 10 priority. Right. It will always be up there and I will always be a drummer. So how do you, how do you keep it there? Um, I have a practice formula that I came up with that I've been teaching on this tour. Smile, suck, shred. 
Love it. Yeah. And I think that that would be my number one advice to someone who doesn't feel like it's something that they love doing anymore. Therefore, something that's not a constant. They don't think about it. They don't really want to set up the kid. They don't really want to play. There are such a thing as there is such a thing as phases, and kind of synonymous with seasons. And maybe the season for playing has ended. But if if you're frustrated that um, you're not getting to play, and you have time to play, sit down and smile. Have fun playing. Remember why you started. Too often we start with the thing we're terrible at and we end with the thing we're terrible at. We start with the thing that's really hard and we end with the thing that we're struggling with. It's just the most challenging thing on the kit. Don't do that. Start with what's fun. Don't think about technique, theory, what you're playing, how you're holding the stick, how high you're sitting, what your drums sound like. Just play for fun like you did when you first played. And then move into that, okay, this is really hard. You're playing for a second and a half and having to stop and go, and do it all over again, over again, over again, over again. And then finish with what you're really great at that sounds awesome. And pull your phone out and record a video and give yourself that reward, that payoff. So smile, suck, shred. Keep drumming a constant, not a variable. It doesn't mean you're playing all the time. doesn't mean you're playing often at all, actually. Mm. It's just a thought and a drum set. And I will get to that, but in this season right now, I just can't. Or in my case, I'm playing all the time. I would argue that they're similar. Um, they are similar in kind in that it's still something you love to do. Yeah. You're just in different periods of your life. Yeah. And I'm going to plug my computer in before it dies. Okay. <laughs> you know what? While you're saying that, I was just thinking about, you know, I've probably clocked more practice hours from my lap than on the kit at this from point from my lap <laughs> practicing oh. paradiddles on my lap oh. mm. or pra- you know practicing rudiments on my lap mm-hmm. practicing grooves trying to learn something trying to write something i mean mm-hmm. my brain has not stopped in mm-hmm. fact it's it's gotten harder <laughs> i record ideas all the time I'm mm-hmm. on the kit less, have more ideas. I don't even know how that works. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've spent, I spend a lot of time, maybe not on a physical drum kit, but breaking down parts and learning mm-hmm. and practicing and, you know, trying to stay fluid with just my muscle memory. You know, like yeah. that still happens. That is still a constant. You know, mm-hmm. drums, I mean, <laughs> even like... Uh, Julianne calls me out all the time because I won't even notice that I'm drumming. And <laughs> you're like, you're, you're drumming again. Like, come on. <laughs> you know? uh, Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, on the steering wheel, I mean, it's just constant. So talk about constant. Mm-hmm. Me pissing off my wife because I'm drumming on <laughs> random <laughs> articles of furniture. And <laughs> that is constant. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think, and I think that's okay. You know, I love that. It's uh, that's that's okay. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, because practice is practice, and I found that, um, and I've said this before, but like, I've found that putting that time in, even if it's not on the kit, will translate to the kit when I get back Mm -hmm. on it. 
You know, absolutely. Um, it's, I was just teaching a kid today, yeah. and I was telling him about double bass. Like, here's how you can practice without your kit. Yeah. Because he has pedals and a practice pad, but not the full. Mm. Like, well, well, actually, he can practice on a kit, but I was trying to tell him some techniques and actually to practice them off of the kit. Yeah. And they're transferable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's um, it's tough. Life, you know, can can throw a monkey wrench at any point, as we've as we've seen, as we've experienced, and and uh, I think uh, it's hard to you know, quantify your love for drumming simply because of how much time you're actually able to get on a drum kit. <laughs> you know, that's, and mm-hmm. I was very hard on myself for a very long time because of that. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah. So, so let's yeah. move on to our faith topic here. Yeah, definitely. Um, the, the faith topic for today, let me see how I phrased it here. Is read the Bible. Read the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) It's very articulate. That was very specific. I like that. Let me go back to uh, how I phrased this. Where are my Uh, notes on this one? Uh, It's pretty elaborate. Read the Bible. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So start us off on this, Tim. Yeah. Yeah. So when you sent me this topic, I got excited because I was going to come up with um, all these cool passages that I've been reading recently and, <laughs> you know, uh, try to encourage you guys on how to really stay in the Word and and, and dive deep, you know. Um, but I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I'm terrible at this. <laughs> I, I am terrible at reading the Bible. <laughs> like, I, I'll just be honest with you. I love it. Don't get me wrong. It, the word is alive. Uh, every time I read it, I'm pulling new things out of it. It is so cool. But man, am I bad at staying consistent with reading my Bible. Now, does that mean that, uh, uh, you know, a week can go by without any type of scripture reading? That's pretty rare. And it's mostly because of, uh, my circle of influence, the people I have around me, you know, attending church, being part of this podcast, uh, social media, believe it or not, has actually been a huge, uh, contributor to me seeing, uh, cool passages and things that start making me think and, and research a little bit. Um, but yeah, straight up, I am really bad at staying in the Bible consistently at, um, you know, making it a habit to, wake up and start there or open it up right before bed. It's just, I am, I'm bad at it guys. (laughs) So this topic, uh, I'm excited to talk about it because I need this. Like I need to be encouraged, um, in this, I need to be, uh, held accountable to this. Um, I think it's so important in this day and age to have, uh, scriptural grounding, And what I mean by that is that there are so many things taken out of context. I was just thinking about this uh, yesterday uh, when I saw a video of a megachurch pastor um, screaming about how it is sinful to have a beard, how it is arrogant and not what God wants to, to have a beard. And I was like, where is that coming from? <laughs> like, and they they 
had some random scripture about, you know, uh, like how in back in the day, like they used to pluck the the hairs of your beard out to humiliate you, and so the i the idea behind it was that it's humble to not have a beard, <laughs> but like that's the extent of context <laughs> that they they pulled from this like you know archaic form of torture and humiliation was basically them saying okay the bible has this and that means that we should all be humble therefore beards are of the devil it made me think of uh what's that movie waterboy <laughs> where his mom is like uh <laughs> like football is the devil you know it's like <laughs> it's like the craziest thing ever. And it was just, I was laughing to myself, but then I was like, it actually kind of hit me. Cause I was like, how many things do I believe? Um, simply because I heard it from somebody, uh, because scripture was translated in a way to support that theory. How many times have I just gone off of somebody's idea of what this verse says without actually understanding the full context how many things am i doing in life thinking that this is just how it is this is just what god wants me to do uh because of one person's false interpretation like i think about that and it scares me and if for no other reason i think that that screams why it's important to read the bible (laughs) and when i say read the bible i don't mean pick a random passage and read it and you got your fill for the day. I'm talking about like, find the context guys, like read the book. And I'm not saying read the book in one sitting. I'm not trying to put that on you. I'm just saying like, if you're going to read it, read it and know it, Mm -hmm. like read it, understand it, figure out why it says this and don't just take it at face value like there is so much to this book and I can say because I have read in this this hotel lobby right now in its entirety (laughs) two or three times in my life and every single time I read it I pull out different things man (laughs) I'm clapping all by myself in this hotel lobby right now end rant do you hear me do you hear me doing that does anyone hear me? Am I? Was I left behind? Sorry for the sermon, guys. I just. Uh, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> you were you were you were not alone on this, but it probably felt like you were. It probably felt like, you know, I just left you to no. your own devices to figure this out, and I'm just sitting here like, wow, this is. I came up with this topic, and I feel like you're the one that wrote it in the first place. <laughs> so with that said, thanks for listening to Holy Ghost Notes. I mean, there's not a whole lot more to say. <laughs> no, that was that was really good. Um, I think when I came up with this topic, the reason that, I, that I thought of read the Bible uh, for this week is because I brought a really special Bible with me on tour. Let me show it to you. Um, If you're watching this video, you can see it's a a pretty pretty big Bible. It's pretty new. This was gifted to me. And for me on tour, I, I usually like to bring two or three books. On this tour in particular, I brought one. 
and it's just the Bible. And the reason for that was I didn't want to have a whole lot else filling out my backpack and a whole lot else that I would go to if I had some downtime. We already have our phones. Um, so I, I, for the first time, just brought my Bible. Excuse me. I just brought my Bible. And what I've been doing is reading through Proverbs. So today's the 22nd. To make it really easy on yourself, I just open up Proverbs 22 and I read it. And uh, the book of Proverbs is just full of wisdom. And for me, it's, it's a reality check. When I read Proverbs, it takes away all of the busyness and fears and insecurities and frustrations and things that we're caught up in throughout mm. our day and just brings you back to what is really important. That's what I think of when I think of Proverbs. <clears throat> And, and when I'm done reading it, um, typically I'll, I'll call my wife and we'll read it together. I'll read it out loud and we'll talk about it a little bit or pray about it if we have time. It's just such an important thing that is put so far back on our priority list to do. And yet, why do we do that? Because every time we go to it, you know, every time I go to read Proverbs or I go to read the Bible, it is, it seems, it's, it's so clearly an important foundational absolutely must do this element of life. Like I need this just like I need to eat, Mm. just like I need to drink water. Um, I need this to survive and to live and to breathe and to move on and to really build my life and to really glorify God and to really love other people. And yet it's the, so oftentimes in my life, it's the thing that's absent from your day. You include all these other things and yet you exclude that. If you don't trust me, um, as a Christian, if you're listening to this and you th- and you say to yourself, "Well, you're really you're really chalking it up to be this big thing," if you don't trust me, test me on this. Spend spend one week every day, five minutes a day, reading the Bible. If you don't know where to start, go to Proverbs. If it is February 25th, and you're listening to this episode the day it comes out, Proverbs 25. It's really easy. Read it once, spend a little time thinking about it, maybe have a highlighter or a pen and underline something, and then move on with your day. And at the end of the week, think about it. Be honest with yourself. Was this a waste of time? Did I get anything out of this? Did it help me? Did it hurt me? Did it instruct me? Did it hinder me? Was I lost or did I, did I really need to hear some of that? Was it over my head? Did I need someone to interpret it or no, I could, I could actually figure out what it was saying, what I feel like I was being told. I think it connects you to something that if we're disconnected from, in a sense, we are lost. And I think it's about time that we find the things that we need to live our lives. The Bible is so foundational and fundamental to that. It's wild to think that it's so absent from our daily priorities. That's really all I have to say about it. There's, there's, there's not a whole lot that needs to be said about, um, faith, uh, that, that, that doesn't include reading the gospel that does not include reading the bible as such a high priority this is foundational 
to you living your life. If you're listening to this and you're not a Christian, you think, well, okay, it's, it's, it's religious. It's, it's, it's just a book. Sure. There's some good truths in there. Sure. I mean, there's, there's some good ideas. I'm not saying it's hurtful, but it's, you know, been hurt by Christians and they appeal to the Bible. So Mm -hmm. what, how can I trust it? Test me in this, spend a little time reading the Bible. Just start to dig. If, if it is something that you're, that you're so against and you're so anti and you're so, um, in some cases, disgusted by, and yet you haven't given the actual Bible a chance, remove all of the experiences you've had with Christians, with people, human beings, imperfect, broken, sinful people and spend a little time with um, the actual words of the Bible. Not the words interpreted by people on a stage, in church, or on a podcast, or in a sermon, or whatever it might be. Go to it yourself. Go to the source. And, And the reason that this is really important for me to say is because a lot of times we're told that we need someone to help us. It kind of goes back to the counselor thing. And this is where you and I disagree in some capacity is like, I think we discredit ourselves more than we need to. We say, well, I, I, I can't do that. Or I don't understand that. Or I don't know where to start. Or I don't know what to believe. Or I don't know where to go. Or I don't know what to do. Yeah. And I think that is one of the most destructive things that anyone can really believe about themselves. Because what does it do? It shackles you in place. Mm. You got, yeah. you got, you got stuck. And I would love to see people get free of this idea uh, uh, that they're not enough, that they don't have what it takes, that they need someone else. Right. And it's like, yes, yeah. absolutely, we need each other. But who are you? You are an important person, an important element. You have your own ideas of things. And if you haven't given the Bible a chance, I'm asking you today, I'm challenging you today, don't fear it. Don't run from it. Don't keep it out of you. Bring it in and give it a chance and spend Mm -hmm. a little time with the Word and see what it can do for you. Open up your heart. It's okay. Yeah. I'm going to tell a little story. A little, a little parable, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and this is not meant to offend. Uh, this is meant to inspire. I'm offended. So I, I have a... Uh, <laughs> thank you. That's an Adam Gray. I, I, <laughs> I have a six-year-old as of today. It's my, my son's birthday today. Aww. Um, and the, the older he gets, the, the pickier and eater he becomes. Mm-hmm. So I'll give him something to eat. And he'll say, I don't want this. This is gross. And I'll say, well, you haven't tried it yet. How do you know How do you know it's gross? Well, it's green. And this other thing that I don't like is green too. Mm. And I'll say, well, just because this other thing is green and doesn't taste good doesn't mean that this doesn't taste good just because it's green, right? Think about this thing that's green that you like and this other thing that's green that you like, right? You like those things. Why wouldn't you like this? And that's usually the reasoning that I, that's, that's the, uh, the line of reasoning I have to take to get my son to eat what's put in front of him. Now, the thing in front of him could very well taste bad. Yeah. <laughs> he, he might not like it, 
but I at least want him to try it. Right. If he doesn't like it, I'm not going to make him eat it. Uh, I like to approach the Bible this way with, with people who are uh, not interested, mm-hmm. simply not interested for whatever reason. Um, in many cases, it's because it is the foundation of a faith that is uh, despicable to them in mm-hmm. many ways. Um, and I can pinpoint right alongside them where it's despicable to me as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this this happened. Yeah, that's gross. Mm-hmm. I hate that. Yeah, this happened. That's yeah, of course it's gross. It all it all looks like the same color to me. Yeah, you're right. But look at this other thing that happened. Hmm. This this is good. This is really good. And what about look at look at over here. This other thing. This is good too. So what's to say that this thing in front of you, this foundational uh, book, is bad because of this thing or the other? How are, how can you even make this decision on that logic? Mm-hmm without giving it a shot first. And hey, if it's bad, if it tastes disgusting, spit it out. Mm-hmm. Don't finish it. But at least give it a shot. Mm-hmm. That's great. I like that and a lot. And so that's how I would encourage some of you guys. Um, you don't have to be a Christian to read the Bible. You don't have to believe in God. You don't have to, uh, you know, uh, the, the Bible isn't even a, it's, it's, I'm not trying to tell you to read it to convert you to Christianity. Like, that's not my goal. My goal is to, to give you something that is going to benefit you, mm-hmm. to make your life better. That's what this whole podcast is about. It's not about converting people to Christianity. It's not about numbers. Mm-hmm. It's about people and about life and about doing a better job at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for me, the Bible has allowed me to do that. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> why wouldn't I recommend it? I recommend other things that make my life better. Why wouldn't I recommend this? Yeah. Um, and it's not because of Christianity. It's not because of Christians. Um, it's because it is a good thing. Mm-hmm. It is a powerful thing. And, um, and I personally think that with your life experience and your perspective, what you will draw out of the Bible, what you will understand it to mean, is going to be special. Mm-hmm. So why not give it a shot, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's where I'll go with that. <laughs> that's great. So I have a little challenge here. Uh, the date is February 22nd. This episode comes out on the 25th. I get home on March 15th. If you're listening to this and... And you are up for a challenge, which if you're a drummer, you probably are. So I'm going to count many of you in on this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Can I challenge you to starting with today, if it's the 25th, start with Proverbs 25. And each day until the first episode of March, which comes out on March 10th, read a proverb. I challenge you to do it. And much like we just had this amazing feedback from the last episode, I want you to write in with what you've learned or what you've realized or what you've you what you've imagined or what you've done or what you felt, what you've seen, what you believed because you have been reading one chapter a day. It is such a small sliver of time. And look at all the filth we fill our eyes and fill our minds and fill our bodies with on a daily basis. It's mm. actually crazy when you think about it. Yeah. Um, and so I challenge you. Do you want to be 
the kind of person that has integrity? Do you want to be the kind of person that's honest, that does the right thing when no one's watching? Do you want to be the kind of person that makes a great spouse, a great parent, a great kid, great friend? I do. How do we get there? Tim does. How does he get there? There's a lot of busy stuff going on right now between Tim and I. There is hardly any time to do, to squeeze anything extra in. Are you willing to join us as we try? Because this really should be the first thing. It's mm. got to be the first thing. It has to be. If it's not, it's not going to make the cut. And I want to be the kind of person that makes a difference. I want to be the kind of person that does a good job. I want to be told that I did a good job. And not just for that, but just there's a lot of people that, you know, you interact with on a daily basis. There's a lot of stress you have to manage. There's a lot of work you have to take on. How are you going to do it? Where are you getting filled up? Where's your fuel coming from? Yeah. It's in a lot of cases, not, not food that's going to deliver. It's not going to give you the protein you need. Mm. So challenge yourself with this. It's worth it. I promise. Yeah. And I think you'll find the same to be true. Write in over the course of um, these two weeks that you listen to this episode and let us know how it's working. Let us yeah. know what you're finding. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about it on the 10th. And it's not going to bother me if there's zero people that write in. We'll talk about it again. I have no problem right. with that. We'll lead off the episode with it, right? Yeah. This is important, yeah. and I want to focus on it. So, yeah. with that said, um, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna shut this down, and uh, that way, you know what? Maybe we close a couple minutes early. It gives you a couple minutes to uh, to get started. There you go. Yeah, love it. Thank you guys for listening. Um, we really appreciate every single one of you. Uh, it means a lot that you're still listening after all this time. Uh, maybe you just started listening. 95 way, episodes. Thank you. 95 episodes. Some might think that we're mad. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result is the <laughs> definition of insanity. Uh, no, we're, we're <laughs> this has been great. This has been good. If only for one thing, it's good for me. It's good for my it's good for my soul. 95 it's, episodes. Um, 95 episodes of great conversation wow. that I can go back and listen to at any point in time. We're going to hit 100 episodes. That's something episodes. I can't say for years of prior conversations that we've had. <laughs> that's so true. I'll take that. We've talked a lot more <laughs> over the last 3 years than we ever have, that's for sure. That's right. Oh yeah. We're yeah. going to hit 100 episodes uh, within the next 2 this months. Year. 3 months. 3 months. Yeah. Right, 3 months. Wow. Okay. Here we go. Crazy. Well, well, thank you so much for listening and thank you for supporting this podcast. Please reach out to us. Matt and Sam at the Holy Ghost yeah. com. And um, we'd love to hear from you. It'd be really great. Thanks for yeah. the feedback for those that wrote in after last week's episode, two weeks ago episode. I'm on tour. If you're coming out to a show, make sure to say hi after the show at the barricade or at the meet and greet beforehand. And uh, you know, we'll be seeing you. Thank you, Tim. This was great. Yeah, yeah. thank you. If you're interested in listening, uh, sorry, if you're interested in supporting, if you liked what you heard today, mm. if you're interested in supporting us, uh, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash Um The best thing about 
the Patreon is just the amazing community of people that um, support us and keep the conversation going and uh, truly uh, define family in my mind. Mm -hmm. Um, So thank you all to, uh, thank you to the inner circle. I'm losing it, man. It's late. Mm -hmm. Can't talk anymore. (laughs) Thank you to the inner circle. We love you guys. Uh, Check out patreon.com slash holyghostnotes if you're interested in in supporting, being a part of what's going on. Um, But with that, uh, I I will leave you. (laughs) And get some sleep. (laughs) We'll see see you next time. (laughs) Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Tim. Yep. Yep. We'll see you next time. Peace. Peace. Dun, 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 dun.